Uh, good morning. Yeah, my name's Rob Barrett, and I live in Five Lanes, which is near Launceston. But as you can probably tell, I don't come from Five Lanes. Uh, I come from the West Midlands, a place called Dudley. And I've got two books out there. There's one called Men from Mars in Bumping Cars, the first book, and then one called Distressed. But both of the illustrators are from Cornwall, too. One, Mike Jelly from Paul Perro, and Heather Finney, who's Callington, born and bred, and my daughter's best friend from school in Callington. And, uh, but I thought I'd start with, like, a... A bit of a West Country theme. The first one, uh, there's a little village outside St Ives called Zena. I don't know if you've heard of it. Z-E-N-N-O-R. It's just called Xenophobe. Please don't call me a Xenophobe. I find that quite contrary. To tell the truth, it is Red Ruth that I find rather scary. <laughs> this next one is... Uh, that's one of my shortest poems. Uh, this one's called... <clears throat> uh, when I moved to the West Country, I found out that you've got this thing called the Permissive Path. You know, where the farmer permits you to walk across his land. Well, for me, permissive, I grew up in the 60s, was permissive culture. And I imagine this promiscuous path having sex with bits of ground as it went through the countryside. Permissive path. A permissive path who slept around, made her bed with common ground. She was quickly impregnated and subsequently cultivated. She produced a crop of baby corn, and now she's shacked up with a lawn. One day she'll hit a rocky patch, she'll go to seed soon, just you, watch. Her secret truth will be revealed of how she loved to play the field. I guess she found what lost the plot meant in her failed affair with Anna Lott meant. <laughs> but nobody could ever make her settle down with half an acre. It's she who has the little flirt, it's me who likes to dish the dirt. <laughs> and uh, this next one, thank you. This, is, this has got a Cornish connection. Uh, this is just called Second Home. An escape from the rat race life lived at a slower pace. An idyllic setting they won't be letting. The cottage slumbers like the electricity meter numbers. It's early March. The house is dark. They're in Marleybone or in Rome. It's a second home. It's a mothballed shell, residential hell, a death knell, a funeral bell for the low-paid locals whose response was vocal in the white rose before it closed, but unrecordable. It wasn't affordable. It's an empty place. It's a waste of space. No landline phone. It's a second home. But people can recall that within the walls of this second pad lived a mum and dad with their family on the settee and they watched Morecambe and Wise and ate pork pies in the blue TV light on a Saturday night and life was pleasant in Woodland Crescent. The parents have gone and the kids have grown. Mustn't moan. It's a second home. In the shop, the assistant mops a spillage, cycles to a less fashionable village. And she's safer. How long was it to get a deposit on a studio flat where she can't swing a cat? Despite her persistence, she's just living in existence and she silently groans and takes out loans and she says, why me? And wishes she could spend the days where she was raised. She wishes she could own that second home. If they want a holiday by the sea, why don't they try a B&B? &B? Life is tough. Isn't one home enough? And don't try to build low-cost housing because you'll be arousing the anger of every second homeowner who will fly in from Barcelona or Girona or bloody Pamplona to say they represent the residents a majority of decadents don't want to set a precedent. They want a postcard picture, a chocolate box fixture in watercolour paint, want to keep it quaint, maintain its reputation. Don't worry about house price inflation or minimum wage degradation. Mustn't lower the tone. It's a second home. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you. Oh, we're going well here. Yeah? Okay, uh, I went to, uh, I was performing at Broadstairs. I do a lot of gigs at folk festivals and, and folk clubs. And um, I was at Broadstairs Folk Week. I went to the Turner Gallery. 
and uh, Tracy Emin had an exhibition on at the time. And I knew it was on, but I was expecting to see some Turner. So I went to uh, there expecting to see some Turner paintings. No Turner paintings were in there. So uh, I wrote this. This is called No Turners at the Turner. <laughs> no Turners at the Turner, just Tracy Emin's doodles, doodles. No condom littered bed this time to trick the art world poodles. But no salty simmering seascape, no homebound fishing trawler, just a naked fore and aft of an amateurish scrawler. No mystical mist across the Thames, no spiralling seabirds, just languid linear bodies described by misspelt words. For me, she puts artistic skill at the back of the back burner, but could she ever, ever paint like J.M.W. Turner? I guess my anger clearly showed. I mean, who do they think they're fooling when upstepped an art critic to give me some artistic schooling? What a turn-up. What a turn of events with no turners at the turner. He fixed me with an arrogant stare. His stern eyes couldn't have been sterner. He said, it's the concept, darling, can't you see? Yes, this is conceptual art. It's the ideas that are important. Now, just where do I start? You just don't get it, do you? You're just not one of us. This is a modern movement, not a 57 bus. You're just looking for faults, dear. You just don't know the score. Take Tracy's bed. What's that you said? None of us can draw. We are here to shock you. Yes, shock, dear, that's the key. What's that I hear you muttering? You'd like to murder me? <laughs> so I took him by his scrawny neck and I strangled him on the floor and I whipped out my old penknife and removed his lower jaw. Then I hanged and drew and quartered him and displayed him on a hook for all the shell-shocked visitors to come and have a look. And I labelled it conceptual art. They labelled me iconic. I became a millionaire overnight. Damien Hurst was histrionic. My painting medium is elephant shit. The zoo gives me endless supplies. I got the chimps to daub some on and we won the Turner Prize. And now they pay to see my stuff. They don't get in for gratis. So no Turners at the Turner turn me into the new con artist. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you. Okay, uh, this one is, uh, you have to do a little bit of work on this one. Uh, this is called Missing Letterland. And uh, I imagine all of the supermarkets in Cornwall, in fact, the whole of England, uh, basically, the first letter drops off overnight. And so uh, you have to work out. Uh, and they found out when they go in, the managers find it as a rule which says that everything's got to be repronounced with the first letter missing, including all the staff and all the items. So you have to work out the supermarkets and all that. This is called Missing Letterland. I heard it on the local grapevine that each and every supermarket sign last night for no apparent reason other than it being the silly season lost its first letter. I don't know why. I've got an honest face, now would I lie? And now each item and member of staff that begins with that letter, now this really sounds daft, must lose the beginning of their very own name and be repronounced. Yes, I know it's a pain, but they've been thus instructed by the police so they have to comply or risk breaching the peace. Down at Orison's, they've got Altesers and Isled Usted. The anager, Ike, recommends ince pies with custard. His female colleagues, Andy and Arthur, prefer a nice old wine or armite and armalade on which to dine. But they are emless, can't you see? And in dire need of empathy. In Esco, they've got good reason to gripe. They've got recal, amatos, angerines, and ripe. Rever, the rolly boy, would dearly... <laughs> would dearly wish you bought some oil at issue or iramisu. You can buy these items in store or online. What will someone please return the tea to the sign? The OOP has Christmas ards and ands of oak, hickin breasts and ellery. 
It's no joke. They've got arrots and cucumbers and he's an onion risps to pop into the succulent OOP own brand dips. Athy at the heck out says they need the sea for the store to get back to normality. I hear the sea also fell into the gutter at their nearby rivals, Ost Utter. The Uzda name sounds odd. Was it an act of God that made the A sway in the wind and descend to the floor of the aforementioned store with strange smiles customers hunt the aisles for? Vocados, Pricots and Uvacar. The public think it's gone too far, but with this they are faced until the missing A is finally replaced. The upmarket supermarket has to be Atros, but they're selling offals, Eatabix and Ilja potatoes. Young Instant Iggins opens a box of spring auto, cleans around with et ipes, talks to a customer who bought a bottle of oshing up liquid and some all-nut hips and potato wedges that taste like chips and some helks and inkles for a seafood pie. But where's the W gone? I hear him cry. In the local par, they're open eight till late, but without the S, it's not so great. They're selling osages and strawberry jam, whisk rolls, alads, ardines, and pam. On the helves, you'll find Avery top cubes, knickers. Think about that one. <laughs> Ope, wheat and marty tubes. In Ainsbury's there is Ugger, of course. Having foam, alarmy, and oi, orse. But the first letter is a sadly missed resource and the cause of much heartfelt remorse. No one's feeling very merry because yes, the S is Ness S Erry. Maybe the six letters of absconded met together and meaningfully bonded to find happiness as W-M-A-C-T and S. Morked, scormed, cormst are possibilities, but would they have the facilities of a better known shop where the letter doesn't drop? Of which you fondest, Aldi or Londest, and what would we do if we lost the middle of Lidl? But it'll probably never happen. <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you very much. Now, one more? Oh, one more. Right, I'm going to finish with this. This is the title track of the new book. It's called Distressed, and this is it. And uh, we do sing a Beatles song at the end. My furniture is all distressed, it's unusually unstable. The oak bookcase is quite depressed, as is the coffee table. The worktop has a thin veneer, it seethes beneath the surface. The taps know how low they can sink and think life has no purpose. The painted window frame's been stripped of dignity, it's lacquered. The blue front door's morale has dipped. The cheese board is cream crackered. The writing bureau doesn't give a jot. The cupboard suffers mockery. It hates the plates and has no mates. It misuses jugs and the fine bone china tea set. I couldn't give a rhyme for that one. <laughs> the kitchen table's past is stained. The dishwasher has worries. Last week it broke down and explained that it was missing curries. The settle never settles. The new desk is new, rotic. The chaise long is invariably wrong. The sofa is psychotic. The fay pouffay is apt to weep, it's covered in wet tissues. The rocking chair will never sleep, but the magazine rack has big issues. The bed's always horizontal. The tall boy's a cross-dresser. The umbrella stand is second-hand and feels its worth is lesser. The mirror, which reflects, neglects the fine wine rack, which whines. The shelves themselves lack shelf respect. The dining table pines. The <laughs> The mantelpiece has no mantelpiece, it's fired up with wrath. The wood burner has lost its spark, the wardrobe is a goth. The exposed beams aren't what they seem, the ceiling's always plastered. The landing has a manic stare. 
It's an evil little bastard. <laughs> the, the piano's cases in black and white. The floorboards feel downtrodden. The dressing table's dressed to kill. The minibar is sodden. The Ottoman is not a man, but it's no couch potato. The teak footstool's a crazy fool who quotes in Greek from Plato. The blinds feel they're kept in the dark. The door's alarmed whenever the curtains talk of hanging. They need to pull themselves together. Yes, my furniture is all distressed, but they've reason for concern. Ha! I must get it off my chest tomorrow. They will burn. I once had the best furniture, but it got distressed. So I lit a fire. Isn't it good Norwegian wood? Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you.